I think I got the bird flu. I'm tired of selling packs. I think I need a bird or two. I think I got the bird flu. I'm tired of selling packs. I think I What's going on, everybody? It is. What's going on, everybody? It is Jason Jaybird Goldstein here for another episode of The Bird's Eye View. You know, if you're just listening on Spotify, you might notice there, you know, a bit of a weird uh, introduction. That's simply, I'm on YouTube right now. You know, I don't know if anyone's going to be watching on YouTube, but I wanted to go live on YouTube for once. Uh, sort of just change things up, you know? I've always done it on, and I've always just done it recording the podcast, but now I want to get some audio in there, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, first time ever on YouTube. We have a big episode coming up, lots going on in sports. I mean, we had an epic week nine that we have to cover at least a bit of. I mean, that week nine was probably the best NFL Sunday of the year. All these games were coming down to the wire, uh, and especially in the 1 o'clock window. You know, you had Tom Brady leading a somewhat vintage Tom Brady comeback against the Rams, although... You know, I mean, both those teams have a lot of question marks. And it's the midseason. Now that we do, you know, an 18-game season, we're not, we're officially nine weeks into the season. We're at the official halfway point of the regular season. We're going to look back at uh, some of my old takes that you know, went wrong in the preseason. Some of my old takes that, uh, you know, re- record predictions, award predictions, you know, see where they're at now. Uh, but first, I mean... Let's get into that game. Let's get into that week nine. Starting off with, uh, I mean, first off, week nine. You know what? What else made it great? Your boy went six and one on his bets. His best and one of his best NFL Sundays ever. Should have been seven and zero, but there was a late touchdown in that Seattle game. Hey, not mad. Won one of my fantasy leagues. Lost in the other. FanDuel. Uh, I'm in a FanDuel league. It's pretty fun. But the first game we have to talk about is Lions and Packers. And what did I say? I mean, you know, if, if you listened to my last episode, I hope you took my advice and took my and picked and bet the Lions because I said the Packers. It's now nine straight losses on daylight savings. Now, th- there are some things that you just can't explain. And it's the Packers on daylight savings. They have a weird losing streak. And it's one of those things where... There's no football logic behind it. It just happens. And you know what? This was a this also. It wasn't even just that though. The pa- this was a Packers team in a free fall that lost four straight. And you know they're not losing to good teams. Okay, the Giants and Jets are actually better than we thought, but they were favored against the Giants. They were favored against the Jets, and they lost. Uh, I mean, they, 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 you already saw them get rolled over by the Vikings. Uh, this is not a good Packers team uh, right now. Then they really haven't been, even when they were 3-1, and one, they were really not playing that well. They escaped the Patriots, they escaped the Bears. Then this was a Lions team that they play close, but they don't win. They're hungry. Um, this is Aaron Rodgers, you know, annoyed, frustrated, thinking, oh yeah, it's the Lions, I'm going to walk over. This was the Lions seeing an opportunity to take advantage. They seize that opportunity. They stay frisky. And they look, Dan Campbell, good for him getting his second win of the season. I still don't know how long Dan Campbell is as a head coach in this league, if I'm being honest. Uh, he's, we'll see with him. Good for the Lions. And a man, oh man, are the Packers in trouble. 
Yeah, no, the Packers are in serious, serious trouble. I mean, like, they're they're not good. They are not good, the Packers. It's one of those things, and I'm going to brag about it. I'm going to continue to brag about picking against the Packers on Daylight Savings Weekend because it was I gave that pick out to everyone, and it won. But also the Packers, they have the Cowboys, they have the Titans, and they have the Eagles coming up. The Packers suck at stopping the run. You know, people have said, oh, they fixed their defense, but they have not been able to stop the run for years now. That has been one of the things that has gotten them eliminated from the playoffs year in and year out. And then you get to face the Eagles, who have been running the hell out of the ball, the Titans with Derrick Henry in the cold, and the Cowboys, whose defense is going to make life really tough for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this team is staring 3-9 and nine in the face going into their bye week. The Packers, they're done. The Packers are completely done. And, like, Rodgers, he might retire after the season. He doesn't look happy. He looks miserable on the sideline. And it seemed like the only reason for him coming back was he thought, oh, the NFC is weak. I can win a Super Bowl here. And the NFC is weak. He's one of those weak teams. It's crazy that the Packers are going to miss the playoffs. Uh, that wasn't the only great game. I mean, we had Chargers-Falcons, and, you know, those two teams are still sort of in the playoffs. And they, these are two teams that we've seen them lose games in all sorts of ways, time in and time out. It was another blown double-digit lead from the Falcons. Although, you know, they're frisky. They're still in the NFC South race because the Bucks stink. And the Chargers, like, they win. And it was, it was a gutsy win. I mean, this team is decimated by injury. You know, Rashawn Slater and Joey Bosa are after the season. You know, Slater is their best offensive lineman. Bosa is arguably their best defender. J.C. Jackson's out for the season, who is their big free agent signing. Uh, and he's even been, you know, wasn't playing great to begin with. Uh, Derwin James sees an injury waiting to happen, if we're being honest. Herbert, although Herbert looks like he's back to being 100%. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were out. It was a gutsy win for the Chargers. But I think between Brandon Staley being their head coach and the injuries, you know, their, their, their luck might run out. Uh, Dolphins-Bears, I mean, this was one of the best games of the day. You know, I, the, you know, one of my other locks of the week was the over in this game, and that over hit in the third quarter. Yeah, literally, like, with, like, eight minutes left in the third quarter, that overhit. And, man, like, Justin Fields, he had his coming out party. Now, I'm not one, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, Justin Fields is it. Justin Fields is, you know, arrived. But he definitely has looked a lot better the last couple weeks. Now, again, a lot of what he's doing is with his legs, and he's done some incredible plays with his legs. He's made some better throws in the last couple weeks. He threw three touchdowns last week, I, uh, you know, I sort of see a lot more out of Fields. I'm liking the progression I've seen from him over the last couple of weeks. You know, especially most rookie QBs or you know rookie QBs, second-year QBs, third-year QBs making their first career start against a Belichick defense. They get whomped, and he played well against the Belichick defense. Yeah, this Patriots team is, isn't what it was. They're still 5-4, and four, and they still have a strong defense. Uh, so, you know, I'm liking from what I'm seeing out of Justin so far. Uh, or not so far. I'd say the last three games, I'd say. You know, with him, the Bears, the defense sucks. The roster sucks. Eberfluss is getting the most out of them. And I'm kind of shocked they traded their, that, that second for Claypool when, uh, I mean, I guess it was the Ravens second, but it's still kind of a weird trade. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Oh, the Dolphins, too. Like, Tua is 6-0. and Now, I've been part of Tua non. I had been a member of 2-1 on the entire time, believing in this guy. You know, I think he got 
Don't Raw hand his first two years with an awful offensive line. Still, you know, with you know lingering injuries from college here and there. Uh, not great. You know, I guess he had Jalen Waddle was pretty good last year, but that was still Waddle's a second-year receiver. Now you've added Tyreek Hill. You've added Teron Armstead. This Dolphins offensive line is better. Tyreek Hill has added a new layer, and we are seeing Tua Tagovailoa finally show you know, what he did at Alabama and why there was a whole tank for Tua thing going on before Joe Burrow ended up going off and having the best season in college football history. Uh, so I like this Dolphins team a lot. I think Mike McDaniel is a fantastic head coach, a fantastic head coach. That Kyle Shanahan tree, and I'm going to talk about Kyle Shanahan a little later in this show, has proven to be absolutely special. So I, mean, I guess you call it the Mike Shanahan tree because we all know, you know, all the guys who were on that Washington staff years ago. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Uh, you know, a couple of games that were sort of, you know, the only games that were really blowouts, uh, Patriots, Colts, uh, and Bengals, Panthers. Look, you know, I said maybe take five and a half of the Patriots, Colts. I didn't. You know, I decided not to touch that game and, you know, Patriots, they, they do what they do. I mean, Sam Ellinger looked horrible. He's clearly not the answer. But the Colts, man, like, they, they fire Frank Reich. Good decision because Frank Reich had been running this thing into the ground for the last couple years now. And Jim Irsay was the only per- was like the last person to see it. But Jim Irsay, is he drinking again? What is he doing hiring Jeff Saturday to be the head coach? Like, like that is laughable. J- Jeff Saturday, a, a guy who... Zero NFL experience. A guy who the only job he, the only coaching job he had was high school, and he went three and seven. Three and seven coaching a high school team. What makes you think that all of a sudden Jeff Saturday is gonna come and be a good coach? You know, this has nothing to do with like, oh, you know, like even Reggie Wayne's on the staff. You want sentiment? Go with Reggie Wayne, who at least is a coach. You know, go with Gus Bradley. I know he was a horrible coach for the Jags. I see you in here, Steve. you know, Gus Bradley was a horrible coach for the Jets. He has had coaching experience. Anybody but Jeff Saturday. It looks like they're going for the tank job there. And, you know, th- this guy calling plays, I've never even heard of him. But Park? That's his name? Park? Like, it's, it's either a tank job, like the one of those obvious tank jobs we've seen, or Jim Irsay's back drinking again. And, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was either one, if we're being honest. Uh, Patriots? Like I said, 5-4. and four. Schedule lightens up. I mean, this team could, I mean, no matter who's a QB, if Belichick's the head coach, this team is guaranteed to probably win, at worst, seven games. Uh, Bengals, Panthers, you know, Bengals, after getting mollywopped by the, sorry, I want to see what Steve said. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. Like, who in the locker room is going to want this, you know, guy who's coming from ESPN who to, to, be, their, to be their head coach? I, I, I don't get it. Like, it's, it still makes no sense to me. And then, you know, Bengals, Panthers, 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 the other team that fired their head coach a couple weeks ago. They look like they're in that race for the first pick. P.J. Walker, he had his moments against the Falcons, but come on, P.J. Walker is not it. I think we all know that. Uh, Baker actually came in and looked pretty decent, but Carolina, like, they're heading towards the top top three pick, at worst, top, or best or worst, depending on how you look at it, top five pick. Uh, Bengals. Bounce back from there, you know they got they got to pile on these wins against the bad teams, the Bengals, because they have a pretty tough schedule coming up down the stretch. Uh, th- that playoff race, I'm gonna talk about it in a bit, is gonna be pretty pretty intense coming up.
Bills, Jets. I mean, you have the Jets kicker literally slipping on the opening kickoff, and it looks like same old Jets. First play from scrimmage, uh, Allen, Stephon Diggs, bomb. They're in the red zone, but then the Jets get a pick. And, man, this Jets team, they are different. Zach Wilson outplayed Josh Allen. Now, look, you know, Zach Wilson's obviously not better than Josh Allen, but he outplayed him. It was probably the best game that Zach Wilson needed to play all year. And, honestly, like, great for him. In their biggest game of the season against arguably the best team in the NFL, when he's been looking pretty bad the last couple weeks, Wilson steps up. The Wilson-the-Wilson duo was looking good. They beat the Bills, and Sauce Gardner, the guy that I said was the top overall, my top overall prospect coming into the draft, you know, called that. Played great again, had an interception, and he is this Jets defense rolling. Robert Sala is a fantastic coach, and if this Jets offense can just be like, like average, then this team is really, really good and should be rolling towards the playoffs. Uh, Bills like, like a cause for concern to miss the playoffs, no. But when the Bills have lost in the last two years, it's been these games, the offense just disappears. Allen just makes these weird throws. The offensive line isn't protecting. That's what happened against the Jags. Or that's what against the, yeah, that's what against the Jags last year. Happened against the Jets. So, like, you know, if that happens to them in the playoffs, there's a concern for them, especially as my AFC pick preseason. Uh, Vikings commies. It was the Kirk Cousins revenge game. And yet, it was like another close Vikings win. Like, they were quietly 7-1. And I don't think anyone actually believes, you know, they're 7-1. Most teams that are 7-1 with a top 5, top 10 running back in Dalvin Cook, a top 5 receiver in Justin Jefferson, or Super Bowl contender. But you know what? Like, it's Kirk Cousins. Look, Kirk Cousins has been putting up good numbers. But we all know how Kirk gets in primetime. We saw him. The one time we see Minnesota in primetime this year, he absolutely folded. And yeah, look, they're playing all these one-score games. One-score games against the Bears. One-score games against the Lions. Uh, you know, one-score games against just not not very good opponents. You know, they're better than the Commanders, if we're being honest. And that was a one-score game where, you know, heck of a comeback by Kirk uh, in that fourth quarter. Uh, you know, because I, I actually thought the Commies had it, and it was going to be typical Kirk. Can't even win a revenge game at 1 o'clock on a Sunday against the Commanders team in disarray. You know, the Commanders, credit to them because they were on a three-game winning streak and they've been playing a lot better with Heineke. You know, Terry McLaurin, you know, without Carson Wentz, looks like about to be in the Terry McLaurin we know. Uh, you know, just a tough loss for the Commanders. Uh, that, that knocks them to four and five. You know, for them, it's been a case with the Giants where they have all these division games coming up. That's going to really determine could they contend for the wild card. And the Vikings, we'll see a lot about them if they're a legitimate contender over the next three weeks. They have the Bills, although the Bills might be without Josh Allen, which could be a huge break for them. The Cowboys, you know, Kirk has gone up against them a lot of times. It's a great defense. And the Patriots, which will be in prime time, Thursday night, Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know. We'll see about the Vikings over these next three games. And the Commanders, they look competent with Heineke. Steve, I hope you're still here because now we're going to talk about your Jaguars coming back against the Raiders. I mean, this. I mean, first off, probably my dumbest prediction of the preseason was calling Josh McDaniels the coach of the year. You know, I was not high on the hire, and I let some friends, some other people, talk me into the Raiders. And you know, I think McDaniels could do it this time. Oh boy, but I must have been drunker than Jim Irsay when I was making my prediction about the Raiders because Josh McDaniels 
He stinks. He absolutely stinks. Like I like I thought the Raiders could not do worse of a hire than John Gruden. Somehow. And you know, and you know, credit them, because they actually did play decent under John Gruden, I'll be honest. Now I thought Gruden was a horrible hire. But at least, you know, there are maybe like seven to eight wins with him. Maybe he's like six. Uh, then they had the one year they were six and six and lost their last four games, or six and five and lost the last five games. But not like but McDaniels, oh my god. He has just been an a tr- like he's just been so bad. It's it's literally at least with Denver. Denver he tricked us all when he started six and zero. You know back in now in Vegas he's starting like two and whatever. He's now two and six as opposed to being six and zero when he was there. Uh, they're they're in trouble. Like I, I don't see any of his McDaniel's the way he's coaching. That's their third blown lead of seventeen points. They were up seventeen nothing against the Jaguars. And I'm sorry like the Jag you know I'm sorry see the Jaguars look they've been better this year. But that's not a team you should be blowing a 17-0 lead to. They blew a 17-0 lead against the Cardinals, you know, when Kyler Murray is a QB who usually folds in the second half. Uh, they blew that lead against the Chiefs. Okay, you know, blowing that lead to the Chiefs, that's the Chiefs. It's whatever. I mean, everyone knew even when that game was 17-0 the Chiefs were going to win, like, right? I think we all sort of knew that. But, man, this is just an embarrassing team. This is a team that, with a special teams coach and Rick, Rich Basicchia, Got the most out of a roster and took them to the playoffs. And now they're just in complete and utter disarray. Uh, like, I don't know where they're going. Jaguars, good and scrappy team. Now, now they're what? Now three wins, three, I believe three and six, or th- three and five or three and six. Uh, they're, you know, I, they're not going to the playoffs, but, like, you know, at, like this team actually looks like they're going the right direction as opposed to the shit show they've been the last few years, really since that AFC championship game. Uh, moving on, so that really we just have the 4 o'clock games. Seahawks-Cardinals, and I have the under in this game. You know, the over hitting at the last minute was really the only bet that lost. Uh, four straight Ws for the Seahawks now, and this, I am a full-on believer in this Seahawks. I mean, I just lost... I lost a good amount because I had a substantial amount invested in the Seattle Seahawks under five and a half wins. I know I thought this was one of the worst rosters in football, but oh my god, have they proved me wrong? I mean, Pete Carroll, you know, everyone was thinking, oh, Pete Carroll was the problem. Pete Carroll was the problem, but we, as we've seen in Denver, who the real problem was. I mean, like, what Pete Carroll is doing is just unbelievable. Winning with Geno Smith, a guy who was cast off years ago uh, by, by everyone, a guy who looked like a complete bust. And with, I think they're the youngest roster in the NFL. Kenneth Walker looks like a superstar coming out as just a rookie. You know, Tariq Woolen, this was a guy I actually wanted the Giants to take in the fourth or fifth round in the draft. Seattle got him in the fifth round. He's been an absolute stud, probably the second-best rookie behind Sauce Gardner. I mean, it has been so impressive what Seattle has done, the, the, the job Pete Carroll has done. Getting the most out of this offense, getting the most out of this defense. And this after they, they lost Jamal Adams in week one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jamal Adams, you know, he kind of gets memed on at times, but he's still an impact player. They lost Jamal Adams, and they've only gotten better. Like, Pete Carroll, he is definitely, you know, he is up there with Brian Dable and with uh, Nick Sirianni as one of the favorites for Coach of the Year, no doubt. Like, I, I love what they're doing. Cardinals, they continue to stink. You know, they, 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 you know, usually they start hot. I mean, not even they. Cliff Kingsbury, he's known for starting hot and tailoring off. Tailoring off. Well, he didn't even start hot this year. And now Call of Duty's out. 
where Kyler Murray struggles. It's November where Cliff struggles. I think Cliff's the, I think Cliff was probably the next head coach to be gone. I'd be stunned if he makes it through the season. And I, I saw a poll today that rated Brian Dable as the second sexiest head coach. You fire, you fire Cliff Kingsbury. Guess who's taking over as the sexiest head coach? Although, I, I was listening to part of my take, and they were saying, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, he might just fall up again. You know, he got fired from Texas Tech after having a losing record in the Big 12, mind you. Got an NFL job. He might just fall up again. And Bucks rams I mean, like, this game was like a snooze fest. The Bucks won, but, like, were they impressive at all? No, like, like this was supposed to, this was my preseason NFC title game, and instead I barely watched the game. This game was barely on NFL Red Zone. I was going out to dinner with my family, so I missed the end of the game. And yeah, like I mean, the Rams, they are in big, 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 big trouble. Holy shit! I mean, now Stafford's in concussion protocol. The offensive line is a joke. You know, I thought Andrew Whitworth, Andrew Whitworth retiring would hurt the O line. It has been beyond detrimental. Uh, Cooper Cup, I mean, he's the, only, he's the only receiver they have. Allen Robinson, you know, I, I've been an Allen Robinson believer. I, I guess you can call myself an Allen Robinson truther. Oh, I made, I made excuses for him. I made excuses for him. Yes, Steve, I agree. The Rams are cooked. You know, they, you know Aaron Donald's not playing an Aaron Donald level. Jalen Ramsey has not been the same lockdown corner. They don't even have enough. They don't really have a great number two corner next to Jalen Ramsey. They're cooked. The line is not good. Stafford is not playing 100%. Uh, you know, Cam Akers, you know, they have no running game. Les Snead is apparently, you know, trying to trade any first-round pick. No one wants, you know, to take these first-round picks from him anymore. It's it's a mess what's going on. And the Bucs, you know, assuming they can make the playoffs because the NFC South sucks. I mean, they're... They're, I mean, they're they're tied for first place at four and five, and it's Tom Brady. Like I'm not I'm I'm not betting against Tom Brady. Uh, Sunday night game. Uh, I'll be honest, I did not watch Sunday night. I like I went to bed at like nine thirty on Sunday night. Uh, look, the Titans played well. I know Steve, you're not gonna like hearing this, but Mike Frable is a fantastic head coach. The Titans roster is not very good. You're you're right. The the Titans are not that good of a team. Yet he wins with these with this with Ryan Tannehill at QB with Robert with Robert Woods on one knee pretty much as number one wide receiver. Same thing with Traylon Burks. Uh, you know the big thing for them is they have one of the best offensive players in the league in Derrick Henry. They have one of the best defensive players in the league in Jeffrey Simmons. I mean Simmons Simmons has been better than Aaron Donald this season and you know arguably second place behind Micah Parsons for defensive player of the year. Uh, I mean the Titans they win the AFC South by default. I mean, you saw the you saw the, you know one of those other AFC South teams, the Texans, who are you know first overall pick contention, uh, for you know, and they got blown out by not, not even blown out. They covered the spread against the Eagles, and I don't care. I don't care if they're undefeated. I am still going to the grave, and I will say the Eagles are overrated. They are the worst eight and O team I think I have ever seen. And, you know, and you know for them, they play such an easy schedule. They could go seventeen and zero. They could go seventeen and zero with their easy schedule. But you know what? They're still going to be overrated in my mind. If they go 17-0, I guarantee they don't even make it to the Super Bowl. I, you know, you know, this team. Watch, wait for them. If they have to come from behind, they are gonna. You know, they might struggle. Look, I, I don't. I am going to be someone. This Eagles team is not is not as good as everyone thinks they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they're they're good, and the NFC hasn't been good at all this year. They've been able to take advantage of that. But I'm telling you, this this Eagles team is not as good 
as 9-0 would suggest or 8-0 would suggest. They are going to come crashing and burning come playoff time, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see Philly come crashing and burning. Now, Philly, I was on your side for the World Series. I was on your side for the World Series, but now uh, back, you know, I will never, ever be on your side in football. Steve, we're going to get into that shortly, uh, my NFC, AFC pick. Uh, last thing, Monday Night Football, Ravens beat the Saints. Saints are in big trouble. Eagles own their pick, of course, because everything gets handed to this fucking scumbag Philly fan base. Ravens, though, they're hot. They now have the easiest remaining schedule. They've won three games in a row. They got Roquan Smith. They're getting David Ojabu back from injury. Defense is playing better. They're hot. Watch out for the Ravens because they're ready to make some noise, some noise in the AFC. Uh, so that's it. That's it for going back to week nine. Again, week nine was epic. Week nine was absolutely epic. Now we're going to talk about preseason predictions, some takes I had that weren't too good, uh, and then, you know, some awards I had. So first we're going to go back with my awards, and I had Josh Allen winning MVP. I still am keeping that cautiously with how this elbow is going to affect him. You know, I think Pat Mahomes is probably, you know, I, I'd say Pat, if it not Allen, Pat Mahomes, because I think if this elbow thing does stop Allen and force him to miss a couple games, Mahomes will overtake him. Uh, my offensive player of the year preseason was Jonathan Taylor. And pff, I mean, we've seen how that worked out. I mean, no, it's not like, you know, he wishes he'd probably have prime Jeff Saturday blocking for him. I mean, it sort of just makes no sense how this Colts went from, like, being the best offensive line to being a problem. And I have Tyree Kill. I mean, offensive player of the year is usually never won by a quarterback. And Tyree Kill, he's on pace for over 2,000 receiving yards. So that, I mean, he, I mean, he not even over, over 2,000 receiving yards, like well over 2,000. I believe it's 2,111 is what I saw today. That would shatter the receiving record, be the first receiver to have over 2,000 yards, and he's just been a beast. And also, you see what him going to the Dolphins added to that, added to that offense along with Mike McDaniel. He's my offensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year, I had Aaron Donald. I mean, he has not been dominant. He might not even be a finalist this year. And I have, and I had, like, look, I, I hate to say it. He's a scumbag. He's a bad human being. He's a bad person. He plays for that scumbag franchise. But it's Micah Parsons. I mean, if you, anyone who has watched any football this year, should know Micah Parsons as defensive player of the year. I mean, he's literally had that shit on lock since. Week two. After that game against the Bengals, he's been the front runner, and he has done nothing to let up. Like, I mean, you know, if I'm not going to pick him, I'm either picking Jeffrey Simmons or Nick Bosa. Uh, my defensive rookie of the year preseason was Kayvon Thibodeau, and, like, again, that was all bias. All bias in that pick. Like, come on. We had a top five pick. We we picked a DN top five. You think I'm not going to pick him to be defensive player, defensive rookie of the year? You're crazy. And hell, he might be in the race if he's not getting held every single goddamn play. I mean, it's obviously Sauce Gardner. I mean, come on. What Sauce Gardner is doing is just unfreaking believable. He's playing not just the, he's not just been the, the top rookie. He has been one of the top corners in football. And this is a dude. He allowed zero touchdowns in college. Me and him allowed the same amount of touchdowns against us in man coverage in college. Except the thing is, I also, you know, didn't play. Sauce Gardner did. For four years. Yeah. He deserved... He, he was clearly the best player in this draft, in my opinion. I, look, I love Kayvon. 
I was banging for the Giants to get him at five. The Jets took him at four. But like, hey, like I like our pick. But Sauce is the defensive rookie of the year. Comeback player of the year. I had CMC preseason. He's doing a lot. I see that right now Saquon Barkley is the betting favorite. And I want to take Saquon so badly. But it's it's nobody else but Geno Smith. Now, I've seen Brian Robinson on some books. In my opinion, as a rookie, you shouldn't be getting comeback player of the year. Although what he came back from is incredible. It's Geno Smith. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go into Geno Smith and everything I went on when I talked about him just now. Who, by the way, is on a mural in Germany for the Bucks game this weekend. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, you know, he's Geno Smith... Like he's the comeback player of the year. Just everything I said about him, he deserves it. Coach, so preseason I said Josh McDaniel. Oof, man, just oof. I have Brian Dable, and yes, yes, that comes with a heavy bias. I think the only way Sirianni is winning it is if the Eagles go undefeated. Oh yeah, shit, I actually missed offensive rookie of the year, Steve. Thank you for letting me go on that. Uh, but coach, I'll, I'll get back to it. Coach of the year, Dable. Full bias. I mean, come on. I, I mean, this Giants team, I thought we were going to suck. Look at our roster. Brian Dave was the coach of the year. And yes, Ken Walker's the offensive rookie of the year. I mean, he has been unbelievable since taking over as the starter. I mean, he might be, he might be like, what, he'll be the top running back in football this season if he, Rashad Penny didn't start those first couple games. And like, Steve, you owe, again, you owe Jason Harris a big thank you for dropping Ken Walker because that was, that was one of the worst moves I've seen a fantasy football player make. This season, and one reason why I might not get last place, although there's a good chance I do. Uh, so yeah, that's it with my picks. Gonna go back, so let's look at some teams I was wrong on. Mention the Raiders. So the Jets, I had them at five and twelve. You know, I was sort of high on the Jets. I thought they could be good. Then that Zach Wilson injury happened, so I put them at five and twelve. That's a team I was wrong on. Bronco, I mean, I, I, Broncos, I had them going 10-7. and seven. Uh, I would still bet the under on their win total, though, because it was 10.5. I, I didn't think they should be as high as everyone thought they were, but I thought they were going to have to be 10-7. and seven. I was wrong on that. I mean, look, I, had the, I said the entire AFC West was going to finish above 500. That bold prediction was just wrong. Uh, it just looks bad. I, the Colts win the AFC South 11-6, and six, and oh, boy, that looks bad. I... I the, and you look at the NFC West. I mean, I'm looking at my NFC West predictions. I had the Rams at 14 and three, and the Seahawks at two and 15. Well, that ain't happening. That is not happening. I mean, they, I mean the Rams suck. Seahawks are good. So I'm, I'm, I'll tell you my picks in a, in a tiny bit here. You know, I had the Bucks 13 and four, the Saints 10 and seven, the Falcons one and 16. I mean, yeah. We'll see how that's going. You're just seeing how that's going. I had the Packers going 12 and 5. And look, I said, look, so this is a take. So a take I had before the season, the Packers were not a Super Bowl contender. Uh, Josh Allen did not practice today, so that's interesting. I, I, I said the Packers were not a Super Bowl contender because of their bad receiving core. I just thought with the Lions, the Bears, and a weak NFC, they'd be good enough to be a, to be a playoff team. You know, a- a- NFC Northern, NFC Wild Card, but nope, they're just a bad, bad team. I was wrong on the Eagles. I mean, I had them going ten and seven, squeezing by the NFC East, but they played the easiest schedule of, of all time, uh, cupcake schedule, and they're going to go seventeen or sixteen and one probably, uh, or fifteen and two, something like that. Giants, I had a six and eleven man. 
Here we are with already six wins. Six and two. It's incredible. Uh, other takes. You know, I was running the Cardinals stinking. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, everyone's like, oh, Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, they have star talent. They just don't have a good coach, and I don't think Kyler Murray's good. He hasn't been good. Unless you're looking at a fantasy football perspective, Kyler Murray's not been a good quarterback. Uh, oh, another guy I want to talk about, Tariq Woolen, by the way. Like I said, another guy. I know I said I wanted the Giants to take him for their fifth round, but that's just another credit to me for knowing Ball, for knowing Tariq Woolen was going to be a superstar. I mean, I saw that guy, 6'5 corner, at a UTSA in one of their best years ever last season. I knew that dude was going to be him. Uh, so, you know, team picks, uh, mid-season predictions. So my preseason picks, I had I had the Rams, I had the Bucks, I had the Packers, I had the Eagles, I had the Niners, I had the Saints, I had the Vikings making the playoffs. In the AFC, I had the Bills, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Colts, the Bengals, the Raiders, and the Chargers. So now we're switching it up. I still have the Eagles making it. I still have the Bucks making it, winning their divisions. I still have the Vikings making it, although winning the NFC North as opposed to being a wild card. I have the Seahawks winning the NFC West. Uh, I have the Cowboys, the Gi- the G-Men, baby, and the Niners all getting in as my wild card teams. I just think the Niners being at four and four, they're gonna be they're gonna play a little bit of catch up to the Seahawks, uh, and the Seahawks have a big game against them at home in prime time, which I think could be the difference maker. Uh, but I still like the Niners to get, or the Niners to get in. AFC, I still have the Bills, I still have the Chiefs, I still have the Ravens winning their divisions. I have the Titans winning the AFC South. Uh, well, I still have the Chargers getting in as a wild card, and the Jets and the Dolphins both getting into the playoffs as well as wild cards. That's right. I have the Bengals missing the postseason. Uh, the Bengals. I just think that they're in like. Not injured, but Jamar Chase being out. Hopefully he's back soon. That's a big loss. But they have a tough schedule. They have the Bills. They have the Chiefs. They have the Bucks. And yeah, they're struggling, but you never know. You know, the Bucs could turn it around. They still have Tom Brady. They have the Patriots. A really tough second half schedule. So yeah, so from my so from my preseason pick, I have the Bengals dropping out. I have the Raiders dropping out. And I have the Colts dropping out for the Titans the Jets, and the Dolphins. In the NFC, I have the Packers dropping out. I have the Saints dropping out. And I have the Rams dropping out for the Seahawks, for the G-Men, and for the Cowboys. Now, even though I said I have the Niners getting in as a wild card, I'm changing my NFC pick, and I'm picking the Niners to win the NFC. That's right. They're going to go on the road. They're going to win all their playoff games on the road. They're going to win the NFC. I think Kyle Shanahan is just such a great coach. You know, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, a good offensive line. So many weapons to work with. One of the top defenses in football. I love the Niners to win the NFC. And I'm still continuing to pick the Bills out of the AFC. And I have the Niners winning the Super Bowl over the Bills. That's right. I have the Niners just... Winning this year's Super Bowl. I think I think the pieces with I mean Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive minds in all of football. You look at the coaches, I mean McVay, uh LaFleur, although we're seeing LaFleur kind of get exposed as a fraud this year. Uh McDaniel up in New, up in Miami, all doing good. All from the Kyle Shanahan tree. Robert Sala, you know, and then you know, D'Amico Ryans is all you know, a lot of people like D'Amico Ryans. A great defense, a lot of pieces on offense. 
they're going to win the NFC. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I really like this team. And how about that? That Jimmy Garoppolo is going to enter free agency as a Super Bowl champion quarterback. That will, I mean, that's just, you, you can't make some of this stuff up. It really is interesting. A uh, couple things, but we're going to do some cleanup. We're going to do week 10 picks. Uh, actually, actually, another thing, you know, talking about old stuff. Going to look at some of my NFL futures uh, that I had and seeing updates on them. Lots of not looking good. You know, we had the Bucks over 11.5 wins. That's not looking good. Rams over 10.5. I mean, that thing is in the water. We had the Eagles under 9.5. Yeah, that's not happening. Uh, we had K- Kayvon Thibodeau win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Garrett Wilson winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. And we had, we had a little, we, we, we put about a dollar to win 100 on Trey Lance MVP. Well, that was, that, that was a while ago, well before week one. Uh, Lamar, uh, Bosa Defensive Player of the Year, or actually, well, Joey Bosa Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, we had, let's see, Dobbins comeback. Uh, you know, a little, a little $1 sprinkle on Desmond Ritter Offensive Rookie of the Year. And as I mentioned, the Seahawks under five and a half wins. Now, we still have, you know, a few things out there. That's how the futures are looking, though. You know, it could have done better. Could could be doing better. Although, Vikings division. Vikings division looks great. Um, Yeah, it's just one one thing I got to touch on on this episode I still haven't is the Xavier McKinney incident. Man, I mean, oh, really? Really, I mean, everything, for once, for once, things were going good. For once, things were going good for the G-Men. You know, 6-2 and two at the bye week. Xavier McKinney, he's played every snap this season. And now, and now a boneheaded ATV sightseeing accident. And now Xavier McKinney is likely out for the season. He said he didn't know his timetable. When you hear you don't know their timetable, that usually means they're out for the season. You know, you saw him in his press conference getting super defensive with the press. You saw that whole cast he was in. It's not good. It's not good. I mean, come on, McKinney. Look, you're one of the captains of this team. And, like, you're one of my favorite players on the Giants, a guy that I have defended and I have praised a ton. And now you're doing stupid stuff like that. I mean, it just... It stinks, especially when you have this team 6-2, and two, playing well above expectations. We lose one of our best defensive players now for down the stretch when our schedule gets tougher. That's a big, big loss. And look, I mean, I still love McKinney. He's still one of my favorite players on this team. But I'm highly disappointed in him. I mean, it was idiocy. Idiocy going on an ATV and, like, you know, claiming sightseeing. If Jihad Ward's low. I mean, you've seen Jihad Ward's Instagram where he's literally, like, Ronnie like a dirt bike. I mean, this was just... Ugh, this shit sucks, man. It it sucks. I mean, I, I mean, Belton. Belton's looked good. Julian Love's going to have to play a lot more. I mean, are we going to have to play Landon Collins in safety, Tony Jefferson more in safety when they're both better in the box? I mean, McKinney was the guy. Was, he, he was, I don't know if he was the best player on this defense. He, he might have he well been. He honestly... Might be the best player on this defense there, you know. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Dory Jackson all have their cases. But he's the guy who's played 100% of snaps for this defense. Shit, man. This just... This sucks. Uh, 
I guess that's we'll go in the week ten picks from there. So yeah, lots of NFL talk there was. I mean, there's a lot to cover. There was last week. There was midseason stuff. Uh, so going on Thursday night, I have Atlanta beating Carolina again. I just think Carolina not very good. Season's down the drain. I have Seattle winning in Germany. This team continues to play fun. They continue to play loose. Brady's going to be It's gonna be early for Brady. He's going to be tired, grumpy. I, I just don't see Brady really getting up and excited to play a game in Germany. Uh, Bills, Vikings. I have the Bills winning this game. Uh, although, you know, that's you know, dependent on if Josh Allen plays or not. I have the Bears beating the Lions. Justin Fields wins another game. Titans over the over the Broncos, although this is definitely a trap game for the Titans. They played a really competitive game against the Chiefs just now. You know, they're playing high. You know, I kind of like the Broncos plus three and a half in this game. Uh, no, I haven't really looked at many of the lines yet. Uh, but overall, I like the Titans to win. I think Chiefs get a molly off the Jaguars. I have, I actually have one of my big upsets. I, I think the Browns are going to go into Miami and kind of stun the Dolphins. I think coming off the bye, they're going to be energi- energized motivated, and they're going to pull off somewhat of an upset here in Miami. Uh, get, you know, get, get a good win for this team. Uh, I have the Giants beating the Texans. Look, they, thank God that first game without McKinney comes against Houston because I think Houston's terrible, worst team in football. And I feel like we always play well against them. I have the Steelers beating the Saints. I mean, the Saints are a dumpster fire. Andy Dalton... I mean, Andy Dalton, too. I mean, he sucks against Pittsburgh. Andy, like, I've never ever seen, like, has Andy Dalton, like, maybe beat Pittsburgh twice? Three times? And not to mention that game's outdoors, and New Orleans just has a history of struggling going outdoors as it be get colder. You know, Vegas, you know, I have Josh McDaniels in Vegas beating the Colts because, you know, Jeff Saturday might be the one guy in this, coach, in this league who's a worse coach than Josh McDaniels is right now. Cowboys being the Packers. The Packers' free fall continues, but I'll be saying, go Pack, go. Rams, I think they get off the schneid against the Cardinals. I mean, this is a must win. This is loser leaves town. Loser has no chance of winning the NFC West, making a wild card game. Rams, Cardinals, winner has to survive. I think Rams survive. I think on Sunday Night Football, we get a Niners victory over the Chargers. The start of them starting to make it towards the playoffs. And we get the Eagles going uh, 9-0 because they have this, such an easy schedule and they're overrated and the worst 9-0 team ever. And I cannot wait till it comes crashing and burning in the postseason. So, yeah, that's it for NFL. Uh, college basketball, look, I'm honestly just going to touch on college basketball because there's just, I mean, if I, go, if I dive deep into college basketball, this could go on. Like, I literally sporadically... Made my prediction, so I have in the ACC UNC winning. Although I think UVA is my sleeper in there. In the Big Twelve, I have Baylor winning. They're obviously Baylor. They're a great team. Uh, Texas is my sleeper in that conference, though. I have Creighton winning the Big East as the favorite. You know, we if you if you listen to me about college basketball last year, you know I love the Creighton Blue Jays. My sleeper there, St. John's. Uh, Michigan State is my team to win the Big Ten. Indiana's the favorite, but I, I, you know, no one's talking about Michigan State. I feel like that's the year of Michigan State could just come out and do it. Uh, I like UCLA in the Pac-12. Arizona's a sleeper, as they usually are. SEC is going to be Arkansas, Kentucky, battling it out. Now, if, again, if you've heard me talk college basketball, 
You know, I love, 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 love Arkansas and love, 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 love Eric Musselman. Uh, so I'll have them win in the SEC. And speaking of love, 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 I have Caleb Love winning my ACC Player of the Year. I mean, it's going to be him or Armando Bacon. Uh, I, I'm going to lean him just because, I don't know, I kind of like leaning guards. I have Adam Flagler winning Big 12 Player of the Year. I mean, anybody could win that. Big East, Andre Corbello, I think he breaks out at St. John's, wins that Big East Player of the Year. Uh, Hunter Dickinson, uh, Big Ten Player of the Year. Jacquez Jr., uh, Pac-12. And, yeah, we're going to have Oscar Toshibwe again winning SEC Player of the Year. But National Player of the Year not coming from the, from any of these schools is going to be Drew Timmy from Gonzaga. He's the top dog. He's the alpha there. There's no Jalen Suggs for him. There's no Corey Kispert. There's no Chet Holmgren for him to share the wealth with. No, this is all Drew, this is all Drew Timmy's team. I mean, he's been playing literally since I've been in high school. So, yeah, he's going to win the National Player of the Year. And I have Kentucky winning it all this year. Kentucky's added shooting outside. Toshibwe is a beast on the boards, a returning national player of the year. And, I think, you know, they have a little bit of UVA. We choked in the first round vibes. Uh, Going to win it all the next year. Uh, that's it. So, college football. So, now we're going to get into college football talk. Uh, and, yeah, we're not, we're not talking NBA. You know, I wanted this whole Kyrie shit already. Uh, you know how I feel. I'm Jewish. I think you guys know how I feel about Kyrie's comments. Uh, college football reaction. I mean, first off, just what a week in a college football. You know, like, you know, I had a wedding a few weeks ago. After the wedding weekend, I stayed in Columbus to game day there. Uh, I went out for game day. It was Halloween weekend. You know, this Saturday, this past Saturday, was laying in my bed all day watching college football from noon until midnight. And, oh, man, it was great. I mean... We had three of the top six fall. I mean, what did I say? I mean, UGA was going to mollywop Tennessee. I, I, had, I saw it coming. I predicted it. You know, I thought, look, Tennessee was good, but I knew Georgia, when they have to get up for a game, they get up. They're the defending champions. I'm sorry, Tennessee and Josh Heupel's second year was not going to beat Kirby Smart. Hendon Hooker was not going to do anything, you know, anything special. Like, uh, he's good. He did not go up against Georgia's defense. Everyone wants to look. Tennessee's blown out everyone they've played, and they deserve to be top five for sure. But the SEC is not as good as everyone's made it out to be this year. Like, of course, they have you know five teams in the top eleven, and one other ranked team with that's a three loss team. Like Kentucky just got mollywopped, and they win again. They 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 struggle to beat. So Kentucky, after getting mollywopped by Tennessee, so like. After getting mobbed by Tennessee and struggling against four and five Missouri, we rank Kentucky. It just—I mean—the SEC bias is a joke. Uh, but look, I'm going to go into those rankings in a second here. I want to talk about the games. I mean, LSU, Bama—that was awesome. I mean, seeing LSU win in double overtime. I mean, Brian Kelly—the world was screaming for Brian Kelly to go for two there. And Brian Kelly did go for two. He beat the Tide. The t and then now they are now their first place in the SEC West. With that other loss being the FSU. And I have been dogging LSU ever since losing week one. But Brian Kelly, he's really turned it around this season. And he's showing, look, he's a great X's and O's coach. That's a win. That's a win that gets recruits to want to come to LSU and could, you know, that's the one that's a, that's gonna build helps build LSU back and be in the SEC powerhouse in just a few years. Uh, 
UGA, again, they, they mom-mobbed Tennessee. Clemson. Uh, so, like, Ohio State, we struggle with Northwestern, and and I'm going to break down that Northwestern game in a little bit here. But, oh, my God, I can't, like, Clemson fans, they were mocking us. Oh, they were saying, oh, talking all this crap at Ohio State for showing against Northwestern, and rightfully so. Don't get me wrong. Like, Clemson fans, at every you know, you want to talk your shit. We've been talking shit about you guys struggling all season long. But, oh, man, for you guys. Oh, wait, the, the best is, though, Danny Cannell. D Danny Cannell saying, uh, well, Clemson will be undefeated if they played Ohio State schedule, right? Well, guess what? They have one common opponent, and they got their shit brought by Notre Dame. That's right. This is a Notre Dame team that's not very good this season. But, uh, you know, the committee that made Clemson look good ranks them, which, again, I'm going to get into shortly. But Clemson, like, they got crushed by Notre Dame. And this was, look, you're coming off the bye week. You were two weeks prepared for this game. Northwest, or Notre Dame had to travel to Syracuse, play a game up in Syracuse, back to South Bend. Not, not the craziest travel. That's still traveling while you're sitting at home with two weeks to prepare. Committing the DJ Ugalali, whatever, ukulele boy, a starter. Only to pull him. Put in the backup, Kid Klubnik. Only to pull Klubnik and put him in. I mean, it was a disaster from Clemson. Uh, from, from the get-go, and I loved seeing them lose. Didn't like seeing where they fell in the rankings, though. We're going to get into that right after we talk about Ohio State. And I'm concerned about Ohio State. Look, I mean, you have some fans out there who are just Ohio State, only put on Ohio State blinders and think, oh, Ohio State, we're the number one team in the country because we're Ohio State. Like, no, no, like, you know, put, put on your blinds. If you're listening to this, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, it's pretty obvious if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Ohio State, like, we struggled. Uh, like, okay, I, I looked at the Iowa game as a struggle, but we struggled. But in the end, if that's our worst game, putting up 54 points, I was happy. That was against the top three defense. Penn State was, okay, on the road at Penn State. We always struggle there. But I was more concerned. The offensive line a lot looked good. And then Northwestern. And like you can say all this stuff, oh, 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 rain, rain, this. And the weather was shit. The weather was shit. But you're Ohio State. They're Northwestern. They are a one-win team. You know, it, it, you should be able to play a game in bad conditions against this team. Bully ball. You know, you should be able to easily run for 300 yards against them. And I hear some people, oh, they ended up running for 200 yards. Yeah, that was at the end of the game, the fourth quarter when it's out of over. They should have been running the ball down their throats the entire game. And guess what? For three quarters, Northwestern was stuffing our run, and Northwestern was honestly getting a lot of gaps in the run. You know, the thing for Northwestern, they just simply could not pass the ball, and that's why the offense really short to get anything, you know, going if there was ever a third down situation. But they moved the ball. They got a lot of yards per carry because, look, the Ohio State team that's come out and that has played against Northwestern, Penn State, and Iowa – that's a team that's not going to beat Michigan. You know, especially the way Michigan runs the football and dominates the line of scrimmage. We have not been dominating the line of scrimmage the last couple of weeks. Outside of JD Tuamoli. Now, I am not saying we're going to lose to Michigan. But we, we have to play better. We have to play better. The offensive line needs to be tougher. The, the You know, we, we, got, we got to stop the run. We can't be allowing chunk plays. And the secondary has to be better because we allow Michigan to establish the run. There's a good chance I could see McCarthy beating us deep with our poor secondary. Anyways, ranking time. So this committee, 
I mean, the committee is kind of a joke at this point, right? Like, I mean, all right. I think they got one through seven right with with one Georgia, two Ohio State, three Tennessee, four. Excuse me, one Ohio State, two ten, ugh, one Georgia, two Ohio State, three Michigan, four TCU, five Tennessee, six Oregon, seven LSU. I think they got that right. But from here, all of a sudden it gets weird. Like, of course, of course, Alabama's at nine as a two-loss team. Now, like, I'm not mad about that because it's Alabama and, like, they are good. But Clemson at 10. Clemson at 10 after getting blown out. Are you kidding me? Like, how, how are they ahead of UCLA? And how are they? Like, they should not be ahead of UCLA. They shouldn't be ahead of Ole Miss. Like, that, that makes no sense to have Clemson that far ahead of them. Oh, and USC. What is USC doing that far ahead of UCLA? USC and UCLA each have one loss. Why are they that far separated? USC is zero ranked wins. Like, like how are they the eighth best team in the country when they're struggling with Cal? They're struggling with Oregon State. USC has one of the worst defenses in the country of all the rank, especially of all the ranked teams. Like UCLA beat their common opponent, beat down their common opponent in Utah, and there are all these spots behind them. It makes no sense to me. Like the, the the committee the, the committee does all these things that makes zero sense. Again, top seven I like, even Bama at eight or nine I could have accepted, but UCLA and Ole Miss behind Clemson, come on, what are we doing here? I mean Clemson just got the shit pumped in. Okay, Ole Miss maybe 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 you convince me about Ole Miss. Maybe you convinced about them being ahead of Ole Miss because again I've kind of shit on Ole Miss here last week, but like it, it it doesn't it really doesn't make sense when they got when they got blown out by Notre Dame looking poorly. I mean the, the offense has looked lost the last two weeks, and the, the, the committee they're just you know it's brand bias. Look look there is brand bias. Brand bias just favored Ohio State. Brand bias just favored Alabama, but this Clemson team like they, they, there's no they've. Those two teams have at least shown something to have brand bias favor them. Clemson hasn't. Clemson has not. Uh, honestly, oh, and then also, like, some of the teams that they ranked in the bottom, adding Kentucky in there, really? They added Kentucky in there? Like, that, that didn't make sense when they added Kentucky in there. Just, I, I, again, they barely beat Missouri. I, we got to get a Molly Watt by Tennessee. SEC bias. Even adding in Notre Dame. Notre Dame up to 20. Notre Dame lost at home to Marshall. Notre Dame lost at home to Stanford. Notre Dame would barely beat Cal. I mean, look, helps Ohio State. But like now it justifies that, that. That should not be a quality loss. Anyways, like, there, there, there's a lot of question marks. So, again, like, we know Georgia, a Big Ten winner, and undefeated TCU are in. From there, questions arise. Like, I think the biggest thing is that fourth spot would be between Tennessee and the Pac-12 winner. Now again, like I like this this is this is if Ohio State and TCU or this is when Ohio State or Michigan, TCU and Georgia all went out, they're all top 3. Uh it might be like everyone says it's a foregone conclusion Tennessee's for look, I think USC if they end up winning, if they end up winning out, they have a resume that's, you know, worthy of being a top 4 team, they're a conference champion. Same thing with UCLA, would avenge that one loss. And everyone wants to hang that 46-point loss in Oregon against them. Look, that was week one, Bo Nix's first career start for the Ducks. They have blown out everybody since. So you take away that week one game, they've looked like one of the best teams in the country. Uh, and if they win, you know, if they win the Pac-12, I think they, they, any Pac-12 winner should be getting in over Tennessee if it comes to that. 
Now TCU is more likely than not going to lose a game. And I think the Pac-12 winner and Tennessee both get in over TCU, even if TCU wins the conference as a one-loss champion. But I think TCU is going to lose multiple games. Uh, so from there, like there's, there still is a lot of questions moving forward. Uh, because if TCU, like if, if, like if TCU wins out, and if, like if Clemson wins out, even like t- I don't see Clemson getting in in like one of those scenarios. Like that, that path is too hard. They need TCU to not win the conference, and they need a two-loss Pac-12 champion. And like even then, like G- Georgia, they, they can't. They, they need Georgia and Ohio for Clemson again. They need Georgia and Ohio State to go undefeated. They need the Pac-12 champion to have multiple losses. Because then that would put Georgia, Ohio State, and Tennessee in. And then they'd be battling against Michigan for that last spot. And I don't even know if they would put Clemson in over Michigan. Because uh, if, if, if Michigan beats Ohio State, and it's Georgia 1, uh, Michigan 2, Tennessee 3. Again, this is like a multiple-loss Pac-12 champion. TCU loses is multi- two losses or loses in the Big 12 championship. And that fourth spot's been Ohio State and Clemson. And Notre Dame's that common opponent. Ohio State's getting in. Uh, I think so. Like, uh, LSU. Like, I'm trying to think. If LS, like, if LSU wins out, wins the SEC, I think they'll put. I actually, think, I think they would put in three SEC teams in there. That actually is my prediction. Uh, like I have the S. That's just my prediction. The SEC. I'm trying to think. Yeah, if, if TCU doesn't go undefeated. And LSU wins out. I have them getting in. I think they'll be in over Georgia because I think they'll have the win over Georgia. I think they put three SEC teams. In. I just think they would, because then all of a sudden Tennessee is the win over LSU. LSU is the win over Georgia. Georgia is the win over Tennessee. Now I don't think that's happening. Do not have that happening at all. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like my predict, like I have, like I think Georgia's going to beat the Tennessee. I had my same t- four as last week with Georgia one, Ohio State two, Tennessee, and Michigan three. And look, I think the reason is, I think they're going to be the only four teams in the country that are playing a Power 5 conference that have one or fewer losses. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Tennessee 3, Michigan 4. Uh, again, that's the same thing I had last week. Uh, what, I'm trying to think. Like, again, I have already won the Pac-12. I have them winning as a two-loss champion. I have TCU winning the Big 12, but I have them still losing two games. Clemson, I still have them losing that game to South Carolina, mind you. I, I remember I said that last week, and I have that. Uh, but that's it with the college football playoffs. So quickly, going to give some of my picks that I have for this week and look at some gambling lines I like. So I have Texas beating TCU, and TCU suffering their first loss of the season. Although I kind of like TCU plus seven in that game, just – I think everyone's going to be on Texas. Everyone's talking about Texas winning that game. TCU's going to be motivated, so I like them plus seven. Although, Quentin Johnson, he's likely out. That's a big, big, big loss for this team. Look, after LSU, that, look, the way, here's how college, college football is a weird sport. Arkansas just lost a home to Liberty. LSU just beat Alabama. LSU goes to Arkansas to play this week. I have Arkansas pulling the all upset. College football is just weird that way. And I know they're decimated by injury, but I, I just have a weird, weird feeling. Uh, I have Bama's going to Bama's gonna crush Ole Miss. And, yeah, like, oh, like after that, you can – I saw my Ole Miss should be ahead of Clemson arguments. 
Oregon's going to beat Washington, continue to cement their case for being one of the best teams in the college in college football and being a top four team when it's all said and done. I have Cuse beating FSU. FSU just got back in the rankings, giving Syracuse and giving Syracuse yet, uh, Clemson yet another quality win. I think part of that has to do with them beating LSU and, you know, SEC bias here and there. But I have Cuse beating Florida State. Cuse will go to 7-3. and three. Florida State drops to 6-4. and four. And in our battle of the AAC, I have Tulane beating UCF. My mom's alma mater. I love seeing the Tulane Green Wave do something special. And just, you know, while I'm saying this, a couple bets. I'm on some action. Uh, you know, action starts about a half hour. I'm on Western Michigan. Or excuse me, I'm on Northern Illinois, minus one, or money line. Bowling Green, money line in the upset. And just a couple bets I like. I like West Virginia plus eight against Oklahoma. I might take West Virginia money line. I think Oklahoma stinks. I know I said I like Arkansas to win, but I have Arkansas plus three. Corbin, I literally just over my college football playoff, but it's one it's one Georgia, two Ohio State, three Tennessee, four Michigan. Uh, I have UVA plus four and a half against Pitt as well. Uh, they, they, these aren't bets I'm taking. These are just what I like looking at some of the, the, the slate early on. 3.30, I like Oklahoma State plus one and a half. I know, you know, I know Spencer Sanders is hurt, but they're at home against Iowa State. Like, like come on. Like, and Iowa State always plays close games. I love, love, love Iowa money line at home against Wisconsin uh, this week. And I do like Tulane minus two in that game against UCF. Uh, I love, I also love Kansas plus four against Texas Tech. Jaden Daniels is back for the Jayhawks, and I think that they're going to be really, really strong uh, with him back. He was a Heisman hopeful before getting injured, and now Texas Tech, like, they're sort of in a free fall right now. I don't even know who their quarterback is. True freshman. Uh, UNC plus three and a half. I think that game against Wake Forest is going to be a shootout. The over-under I'm seeing is already at 77 and a half. That's going to be a fun game, although I remember taking the over in it last year and it not hitting, so I'm not, not touching that. Again, I think I like TCU plus seven and Q's plus six and a half. Heisman prediction, Corbin, that's a good question. Uh, my Heisman prediction is still C- is still CJ Stroud. I still think Iowa State's going to go undefeated. Now, we're not going to mollywop Michigan. Like, you know, like, I don't think we're the number one team in the country. Like, you know, there are certain fans who just, in their mind, Ohio State, they could do, they could, like, play poorly, but they're still the best team in the country, according to certain fans. Uh, but, you know, I, I, still have, I, still, I still have Stroud winning the Heisman. Uh, he's been playing great numbers this year. Uh, if, we, if we're undefeated and we beat Michigan, like, there was no one else to win over C.J. Stroud. Look, I like Drake. There's guys in the conversation, Drake May, Caleb Williams. They're not. They they, they don't have a case over C.J. Stroud. Like I, I truly think it's a two. I think it's a two man race between Stroud and Blake Corman. Whoever wins that Ohio State Michigan game, they're that guy's going to be the Heisman. Uh, so yeah, that's about it. Uh, my mortal lock of the week. So since you asked, Corbin, uh, I'm going with. Kansas plus four is my moral lock of the week. You know, I don't feel the I don't feel the same way I did about Lions plus two and a half. So that's my moral lock. And you know what? Let me look at the NFL lines to give you my NFL moral lock of the week. My early NFL moral lock of the week is uh, well, it was the Broncos plus three and a half, but that line shifted. I love Seahawks plus three. Seahawks plus three is my. Uh, NFL mortal lock. 
Well, does he does he did he give you uh did that guy give you the Lions last week, Corbin? I don't think so. Anyways, that's my show. You know, I really excited. I went live on YouTube for the first time. Uh, you know, for the few people who joined, thank you for joining. Thanks for adding some commentary, especially shout out Steve, shout out Corbin. Again, I want to thank everybody who supports the podcast thus far. Go follow the Bird's Eye View podcast on Instagram for all my latest episode releases. Go follow Jay Bird's Eye View on Twitter for my reactions to games and all the latest news. Thank you, everybody, and have a great rest of your day.